Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. This is season two, episode number 43. We are your hosts, Dan and Andy. Andy, how are you? I am good. How about yourself? Lots going on. I'm doing well. It's a Saturday morning. Lovely, sunny day. Yes. Going to be up to 86 tomorrow. I just got to tell you, before we get into the other stuff, um, Watertown Football opened up their new stadium last night. New field, same stadium, new field. Um, Because of uh, issues getting product material in, they weren't 100% done, but the field was done. Stands were a little shaky. But from where we live, they got a good sound system. I heard the game real good from our house. (laughs) So Nice. Nice sound system. I'll just sit on the deck and listen to the game from now on, you know, but the band sounded good. Heard the band here at our house, so they sounded good. Hats off to them. So, uh, but we'll cover that in a little bit here. So, we got usually a little stuff. Today is September September 18th, 2021. Baseball winding down, football's in full swing. Got a lot of uh, playoff updates as well. The trivia question. Yes. The trivia question for today is relating to the Minnesota Twins organization, minor league teams. As of today, name the minor league teams that have clinched a playoff spot in the postseason. The Twins organization only. Just the Twins. That's okay. that's Class A, B, and AAA. Okay. Has anyone made it to the postseason? Or uh, has everybody made it? That's the question. So there's two A levels, double A, AA and AAA. So there's four options. Okay. So there's four options. And it's, it's not going to be a trick question. But there is an answer that relates to today, and there could be an answer that could relate to Sunday. All right. So it's a brain, we'll call it a brain teaser. But brain we'll teaser. That. We'll cover that at the end. Yeah, go ahead with sports. All right, we'll get going here. I get my bet here. Close that screen. Let me go to share screen. Whoops. All right. Gotta narrow these buttons down. I got too many sitting here. We're loading, and there you go. We do have a blog also. You can check it us out at sportsandsongspodcast.blogspot.com. We don't do other stuff on there a lot about once a month, but you can peek and check it out there. Also, there are some videos I do every now and then for the page two stuff on Instagram. Just go to the IGTV part and you'll see those. And there's some of our, I'd like to thank everybody on our podcast is off our anchor site. Apple Podcast listeners and your other our other people, we like you too. And there's uh, some of the top four states we got: Minnesota, Washington, Jersey, and Ohio. Interesting. So there's that. Start off with news of Mick Tinglehoff passing away on the 11th. Um, former Viking, there he is with Fran Tarkenton when he went to the Hall of Fame. Uh, Henry Michael Tinglehoff. You, uh, Played here from 62 to 78, was left in the Hall of Fame in 15, his 32nd year of eligibility he finally got in. They really didn't start letting offensive linemen in until around that time when he started going in and a lot of other big names, but uh, they realized how important they were. And who better than your quarterback to induct you in the Hall of Fame? Some stats on Mick. He was born May 22nd, 1940 in Nebraska, died in Lakeville, Minnesota on the 11th, 81 years old. Um, went to college in Nebraska. He played his entire career here with the Vikings, uh, part of the NFL champion 69 team, six-time Pro Bowler, five-time first team. Uh, uh, question, Andy. Yeah. Look at his height and weight. 
And remember the, yeah. Remember the days back then when that was the size of your offensive lineman right now, that would be kind of a light middle linebacker. That'd, that'd be your quarterback. That'd be your quarterback. Six two two thirty seven, 237. And he was the offensive lineman. Yeah. The center. He was the center for crying out loud. Yeah. Center, yes. Yeah, that's where you put your horse right there. Them with the two guard. But yeah. That's that's amazing. But yeah, he was good. Go ahead. Yeah, and then you go five team, uh, two times second all pro, uh, Ring of Honor, fifty greatest Vikings, of course the anniversary teams, and his number fifty three is retired. All two hundred forty games were all starts for Mr. Tinglehoff. We'll go to NASCAR. Um, I did do a page two bit on NASCAR this week, so it'll be just kind of a quick recap. Tonight is seven thirty Eastern, six thirty here in Minnesota. The Bass Pro Shops night race, uh, the third race in the first round of the playoffs, the Bass Pro Shops night race on your MSNB or NBCSN, I should say, channel. Here's the standings right now. The four and red do not make the cut if things don't change tonight. Hamlin and Martin Truex won races already, so they're in, and Kyle Larson's got enough points. He's in no matter what. Now, next week when they do their next set of three, you have to start over with your wins because if you get a win, you're into the next round. It starts over every three races. So um, if you recall, when the race playoffs started, I picked four guys I thought would be in. They're all still there. Amarola, Brad Kozlowski, Chase Elliott, and Kyle Larson are all still advancing on. Whew. Eric Amarola is on the border there at the plus three, but I should be good. Hopefully everything goes well there. Again, 6.30 tonight, local time for the race. Here's a stat I saw they put up. Uh, past champions were eliminated in the first round. These always kind of stats always kind of bother me when they say, oh, this playoff team or this Super Bowl team didn't make the playoffs. This World Series champ didn't make the playoffs the next year. Well, that's why it's the, it's the next year. So it's, to me, it's not that big a deal. I mean, they show it happened every year coming up. I'm not worried about it. I always Stats like this always kind of bother me. Well, they won it last year. They didn't make the playoffs, or he was out in the first round. So it's a different setting this year. Different drivers, different teams, different results. They did release the 2022 schedule for NASCAR. Um, Daytona starting on February 20th, the last championship race, November 6th. Uh, some of their additional races, they have uh, the All-Star Race, May 22nd. That does not count in the standings. That's just an All-Star Race. Then they have the duels at Daytona um, the weekend before the Daytona 500. And then the weekend before that's always the clash in Daytona. But this year, it's at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on February 6th. Now you're sitting there going to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They've had two Olympics there. They play football there. Yep, that's the stadium. You're right. They're going to build a track in there for this race. I've seen it on uh, Fox Sports, the hub racing show. They did some real? high race down there. I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, they're going to tear it up, put a track in there, concrete track. It's a quarter mile. Um, it's with the old dirt tracks. Maybe something no bigger than the size of Elko. A quarter mile track they're going to put in there. Now, they are having the Olympics there in 28. So maybe this tearing it up isn't going to be the worst thing in the world. They got to redo everything anyway. So they're going to do that because it's only fitting. Five years ago, Bristol Motor Speedway had Tennessee and Virginia Tech play a football game at a racetrack. And so you kind of see a size comparison there, the football field, and that's the Bristol track, how big that is compared to the football field. 
all the extra room there. Wow. But look how the seats come right down to the football field here. They won't be able to have that big a track. But uh, a little turnabout. You know, so here's a race track you can see all the way around, like you can there at Bristol. Not many tracks can do that. Um, so we're kind of excited to see how that works out next February. High school football, before we get to our favorite teams and conferences, we'll go off. Here is the Metro top 10 as of the 13th. Uh, Lakeville South, Ian Prairie, St. Michael, Albertville, and Wyzetta are your top four. You'd almost think it was fixed because in the games last night, one played two and three played four. Lakeville South crushed Ian Prairie 42 to seven. That felt good to say. Wow. And then Wyzetta number four with three, number three, St. Michael, 34-14. And Rosemont, who was five, shut out Lakeville North, 17-0. You look at the games next week, Ian Prairie and Rosemont play. So Ian Prairie, who was two and lost, plays the number five team who won. That can be Ian Prairie. That should be a good game. The rest of the games you see there are games that are being played today, um, like we said earlier in the, sh the season, with the shortage of refs. They uh, have to move some games to Saturdays. So that's what we're doing here. We get into our uh, schedules here. We got the East Central South. There's Watertown Mayor, 1 0, 3 0 overall. After last night's win, 32 to 8 over Albany, they will play Dassel Cocado next year at home. Coming up next week. Metro Gold North. Minnetonka, 1 1, 2 1 overall. After a loss last night to Maple Grove, next week at Champlain Park. Metro Gold South. There's Lakeville South at 2-0. Ian Prayer 1-1, Prior Lake 1-1. Edina 0-3, that's good. Uh, Prior Lake with a 42-21 win over Edina, and they play next week at Lakeville North. Mid-Southeast Red. Uh, no conference games for these kids yet. Uh, Lester Prairie and Mayor Lutheran both in that conference. Again, Mayor Lutheran with the game today at St. Clair. South Central Red, Jordan 2-1 overall. No conference games for these guys yet either. Again, smaller conferences, they play the other conference games first. Jordan taking the L against Fairmont last night. They're at St. Peter next week. Suburban White. Chaska, Waconia, Bloomington, Jefferson, and Chan in that conference. Uh, Bloomington, Jefferson, and Chan each with a loss. Chaska with two wins. You do the math on that on who Chaska beat. Uh, Chaska with a 21-7 win over Orono last night. They will host Chaska next week. Girls volleyball. Uh, I'm not going to go the results of some of the standings here. For our teams, there's Chaska. Eight and three overall, three and zero in conference, leading tied with New Prague, Waconia one and two in that conference. Minnesota River, Bell Plain four and one, Watertown Mayor seven and zero overall, both two and zero in conference, along with Norwood Young America. Uh, Park Region, there's New York Mills at one and zero, Monaga zero and two. South Suburban, Lakeville North. 9-2 overall. Uh, Egan, 7-2. Prior Lake, 2-0 conference, but 4-6 overall. The shock be undefeated, 9-0 overall. Wright County East. Now, before you geography major, geography majors come after us, it's just a conference name. We know Jordan's not in the Wright County. We get that. 
We know Mount Wastanka is not Wright County. It's like college football conferences. We get it. Big Ten has 14 teams. We get it. But Wright County East, uh, Jordan Owen seven, Mongos Tonka six and seven overall, but Delano leading the pack at six and three. Southwest Christian eight and two. Wright County West, Glencoe Silver Lake seven and three, two and zero oh conference. As is Watertown, but they're twelve and two overall. Good team there. The Tommies. It was brought up to us last week. We should talk more Tommy talk. So here's some Tommy talk. Hockey is all they all moved up to play with the big boys. So they play October 3rd at the X against St. Cloud State. Sunday, October 3rd, 5 p.m. Their football game so far this year. Uh Michigan Tech, 12 and not 12-9 victory over them back on the 11th. They got at University of Northern Iowa this week, who almost beat Iowa earlier this year. So that's gonna be a tough game for them. Then they start the Prairie Football League Conference against Butler on the 25th. Here is their standings. As of right now, again, no conference games played. Uh, the streaks go back to last year because there's uh, the winning streaks for these schools. Uh, Presbyterian Sutton at 2-0. The Moorhead State on there is not. The Moorhead State up by Fargo. It's a different Moorhead State, so relax. That's the same Moorhead State that uh, Phil Sims went to, quarterback for the Giants, that Moorhead State. Beaver talk, the Beavs. Their football schedule, uh, like I said, they beat South, or, uh, beat Sioux Falls a couple weeks ago. Defeated Wayne State last week. Today against number 19, Minnesota State, at Minnesota State in Mankato. So that should be a good game. Hopefully the Beavs can pull it off, but there's a reason Minnesota State's ranked 19. There's the standings right now um, in the North Division. The Beavs in first, Bulldogs second, or tied for first. Uh, the Concordia the Dragons, etc. And in the South, they all, there they all are, Augustana, Wayne State, and Mankato. Volleyball for the Beavs, Gales Volleyball. Uh, this week they uh, lost on Friday, 3-1 to number eight, Southwest Minnesota State. That Sioux Falls today and St. Cloud, number 23 ranked uh, Tuesday, 0-9 overall, 0-1 conference. Beaver Hockey also, this is off our, our Facebook page and theirs. Usually hockey teams buy a group of tickets to road games so you could buy them. This year they were not able to get some for the game in Grand Forks against the Sioux or the whatever they're called now. So if you want to go see the Beavs play at Grand Forks, you have to get a hold of UND directly for those games. Bison. Uh, one last week against Valparaiso, 64 0. Uh, they got they're at Townsend today and then October 2nd at North Dakota to start off the Missouri Valley Conference there. Standings for the, the conference there's North Dakota State, South Dakota State tops. Um, pretty much going to look like this all year, I think, really, for the conference standings right there. That's just changing the numbers, but they're basically in that same order. Uh, the volleyball team uh, won last weekend. Remember, we said they're in that Cal tournament. They had the championship game Saturday. They won, or at least, <clears throat> excuse me, swept everybody there. Six and four overall, zero zero conference. Um, they did lose yesterday at Portland during the Portland State tournament. They got Gonzaga and then Portland Stadium coming up this weekend. 
Go for football. Did rebound last week and beat Miami of Ohio 31-26. Game should have never been that close, but it's just going to be one of those years for the Gophers. At Colorado today, and then the 25th Bowling Green homecoming game here. Big Ten standings, there's Michigan, the East and the West. Uh, Michigan State, Penn State at the top. Kind of think it's going to be that way all year. Ohio State had that early loss, but, you know, you have one loss and still do well. So it wasn't a conference game, but still, Michigan State's not going to go undefeated. Penn State's going to hold their own. That's good. Michigan's 2 0. You never know what you're going to get with Michigan, so who knows? Indiana's supposed to be a higher ranked team this year. They're 1 1 with a loss. West, Illinois, Iowa, top two there, Purdue, Nebraska. And there we are, the Gophers at 1 1. Just as long as we're ahead of Wisconsin, which won't happen, but that would be nice to see. Here we are with uh, volleyball for, for the Gophers, the Diet Coke Classic. Uh, win over St. Thomas every day, 3-0. And now they got Iowa State today. So we'll see how that turns out. Top 10 in NCAA football. Here's FBS top 10, Alabama still one, Georgia two. Ohio State drops from three to nine. A loss will do that to you. Uh, Oklahoma goes up. Oregon goes from 12 to 4. Iowa from 10 to 5. So three Big Ten teams up there in the top 10. FCS, Sam Houston still holding on to 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the same. Um, again, those probably won't change much. Eastern Washington moves up to 8. Delaware down from 6. So basically to see the top 10 all kind of roughly stayed the same. Tie at ninth there. Division two, West Florida, number one. And there you go, uh, Colorado School of Mines at six. It's not the other name we know there at seven. Slippery Rock moves up to number nine from number 10. Division three, there's St. John's at seven. And uh, the rest of our cast that we're used to seeing up there, uh, University of Wisconsin, Whitewater, Mountain Union, always in the playoff hunt over there in Division Three. Canadian football, uh, Week 7 had two games on Friday, Hamilton over Calgary, 23-17, and Saskatchewan over Toronto, 30-16. Two games tonight. You can catch those, like I said, on TSN and on YouTube. If not tonight live, you can catch the replays tomorrow. Always fun to watch those games. Their standings. After six games, Winnipeg five and one, Saskatchewan four and two. Winnipeg kind of the powerhouse right there. They're my team. They're gonna the team I've kind of adopted this year, I guess, so far. So we'll see how that turns out. Cause and that's just because a local thing. Not because they're first, but they're closest to us. So I picked them. Uh, so there we are. So Calgary two and five. In the East Hamilton. Three and three, first place. So that's going to be one of those divisions you get every year. In all sports, there's always one division where the top team's 500. You know the powers in the other division. The Kraken. Uh, they released their TV schedule. Here's their games that are going to be on national TV. So for those of us that aren't in the greater Seattle area to get local cable there, here's your chance when you can catch some Kraken games. 
uh, ESPN and ESPN Plus or Hulu. Uh, there you see the games on TNT, the November 17th, Chicago at Kraken, and the Kraken at Anaheim. A couple of TNT games there. There's some more Nashville at Seattle and Tampa Bay at Seattle. And then March 30th, Vegas. We'll be there. Now, Andy, a question. Yes. Uh-huh. What do they call the home field there? What's the name for the Kraken? Oh, wow. I just had it the other day. Tailgate party. For their tailgating? Or, or is it the the uh, the fan? What's the other name for the stadium? The, the slang? Well, the, the slang name is the Crack House. Yes, yes. I don't know if some of the fans of our listening of, of the show here may not have known yeah. that. but Yeah, some of the radio the stations house. have kind of adopted that, the Crack House. <laughs> so... American or American, sorry, Australian Baseball League has delayed the start of their season by a month because of COVID. So you're gonna have to wait a month for me to start talking about them. Uh, a lot of their players who follow their site do have some guys that are playing AAA right now. Uh, we'll have a thing coming up on page two in a couple of weeks on uh, re- reintroducing you to the Australian Baseball League on some of their different rules for I hate to say foreigners, but non non locals, if you will people with major league experience, et cetera. Speaking of the major league baseball, here's some league leaders. Batting average American league, Vlad, Vlad Jr. at 317. A couple points ahead. A couple guys from Houston and Toronto. Oh, look at the top five. It's all two teams. Uh, home runs, Vlad's got a tie with Salvador Perez of Kansas City, who is just a beast. Everybody keeps talking about Otani and Vlad for MVP. Salvador Perez should get some love and some respect for MVP vote, in my opinion, because you could be an MVP on a losing team. How bad did that team be without him? That's how important he is. You got to look at that aspect of it, in my opinion. So Perez should get some MVP votes. Will he get it? No. I mean, Vlad, you'll see later on, is up in all these categories. But Salvador should get some votes. But Vlad, home runs, batting average. And he's tied for third in RBIs, eight behind, or nine behind the leader right now, Salvador Perez. Triple crown, maybe. He's got to get hot on those RBIs, so we'll see. Does he see Perez is up there for home runs and RBIs? He should get some love for MVP. Stolen bases, Merrifield of Kansas City with 40. Second is 28. So that's stolen bases, a lost art. You won't see a lot of guys up there. 40 is an incredible number. Bo Bouchette at flat and fifth with 22. uh, Pitchers wins. Garrett Cole with 15. Um, Then some others. Steve Matz, ex Met, tied for third. Strikeouts. Robbie Ray, Tampa Bay, or Toronto. He should play for Tampa Bay because that sounds, sounds cool. Robbie Ray with Tampa Bay. They got to trade him. Uh, Robbie Ray with Toronto, 233 Ks. Garrett Cole, 224. And he has the White Sox up there too, which kind of explains why. They're doing well, quietly with their pitchers doing well. But, yeah, you look at wins. Rowe with 13 and Matt's with 12 for Toronto. So you got two guys in the top five on one team. That helps. ERA, Robbie Ray again, 264. Cole. 275. So there's your top two contenders for Cy Young right there. And saves Liam Hendricks, ex Oakland Day, ex Australian Baseball League player, leads at 34. 
National League batting average, Soho in second. Um, Castellanos and Jesse Walker are the Reds up there. So there's some Cincinnati love up there. Home runs, Tatis, 39. Muncie, 34. The Polar Bear, 33. RBIs. Um, here's what's weird. Tatis with 91, but you didn't see these guys up there for batting average or, or home runs, which is kind of good. Shows they're more of an all-around player, not just home runs. Stolen bases, Edmund. Tommy Edmund at St. Louis with 25. So the American League leader at 40. He's at 25. Yeah, I always thought the National League back in the day always had more stolen base guys and not so much anymore. Wins. Dodgers, a couple guys up there, Bueller and Arnas, 18 and 14. Adam Wainwright keeps plugging along, 16 wins. Uh, strikeouts, Zach Wheeler, ex-Met, leads at 225. Uh, the Brewers at 210. There's a couple other guys on there. Morton of Atlanta, 192. ERA, Corbin again with the Brewers, 225. Uh, Bueller of the Dodgers, 232. Those are going to be your top two. Maybe Woodruff with Milwaukee. That's going to be your Cy Young numbers right there, those guys. Uh, Zach Wheeler, 268. He should be up there. Tight race for Cy Young, in my opinion. It won't be, won't be as big a blowout as you say. Everybody else is saying uh, probably Corbin from Milwaukee will get it, but it's not going to be a walk. He's not going to walk away with it. Saves, Padres. Padres have always had good relievers, kind of like the Twins. They've always had good closers, but they just can't get the wins. Uh, so he's got 37 there for the Padres. Kaylee Jensen with 33 of the Dodgers. Will Smith of Atlanta. Harder of Milwaukee with 31. McGee, Giants, 31. Some Mets news. Here's what's the Mets news off their uh, Instagram, some of their priorities for the upcoming season. Uh, extend the Javi Baez contract, extend Marcus Stroman, and get a qualifying offer for Conforto. It's going to be tough to extend Javi Baez. We got Syndergaard you might want to re-sign. Alonzo's contract's coming up. The Grimes is coming up. And you just gave a boatload to Lindor. Now, does Lindor ask for his to be restructured to keep Baez there? Well, the season you're having to be a nice way to keep face with the team and the town if you want. But who knows? It's the Mets. You just play the Yankee card and say, who cares? Cut the check, pay the pay the tax penalty, and go for it. We'll see. Extend Marcus Stroman. 9 and 12. ERA is under three. That's good. 151K is that's not bad. Whip 1.12. That's not bad. So, like I said, ERA under three and he's 9 and 12. You, you can't argue with that. I'll take an ERA under three all day long. Um, okay on the Ks, 151Ks in 31 games. But, you know, I don't know. If you, you got DeGrom, you got to pay Syndergaard. I love Thor, but. I'm bracing my heart for him not to be in uh, Mets colors. And he loves the Mets, too. So he he's not going to come in asking for big cake. Syndergaard will take, for lack of better words, he's going to take what they gave him. He might only sign a one-year deal to prove it, to ask for more, but we'll see. Look at the Mets schedule. Like I said, there is a chance. I mean, the Phillies have been thumping.
court. With that said, here's the Braves schedule for the rest of the year. Um, they got the Giants this weekend, which have just been thumping on them. Then they go to Atlanta for four, which is Atlanta's been done since the All-Star break. But it's that time of year. You, oh, Arizona. Uh, Arizona, I'm sorry. Yeah, Arizona's not going to be four give-me wins. You yeah. may win all four games, but you're going to earn a couple of those. They look at Friday. They're not going home to make up that game. They'll just be the home team in San Diego to conclude that game, which really? they were behind in, in the bottom of the fifth. Now, they're going to finish just that bottom of the fifth. Are they going to play a full nine? I don't know. I'm going to assume they'll go a full nine innings. So they'll finish that off. So it's a game and a half in San Diego that day. Uh, then they got three against Philadelphia, so that'd be good, but could be bad for the Mets, depending on how we're chasing there. We'll see how that goes. And, of course, they got their last three against the Mets. I didn't put that on here. And then the Phillies schedule, I, I want to know who they paid off for this nice, easy schedule. Three in Baltimore, four in Pittsburgh, all home games. Really? Well, I'll let the end of the season that way. But they got three at Atlanta there, and then they finish off at Miami. Yeah, you got six in a row on the road. Who knows? There's a chance. We'll see that later when we get to the standings, but that's there's a chance. Twins news, uh, just a couple things here. The Twins beat the Blue Jays the other day. I uh, had – Three homers in a row the other night with from Polanco, Donaldson, and Sano. First time they've had three in a row since April of 19. Nelson Cruz, Eddie Rosario, and CJ Crone, who are all gone now from the team. Against the Orioles, Alex Cobb. So there we go. Now, here's some twin stats. I just put up their top six right now. Miguel Sano is up there, 39 home runs, got that average up to 221. Yeah, I've been tough on Miguel Sano. I'm not a big Miguel Sano guy. But 29 home runs, you're supposed to be our big power hitter. Um, 70 RBIs, a 221 batting average. Your slugging's only at 476, and you're supposed to be our big power hitter. You know, I don't know. 164 Ks, that's – he's going to go well over 200. I will give him credit on the 52 walks. The one stat that kind of jumps out that I don't want you to get too excited about when you see it. You see he's got two stolen bases and one caught stealing. It does not mean Miguel Sano had those steal signed three times. That means there was three times they missed on the hit and run. Just be obvious there. Um, but you look at Snell. I looked up Sano's stats from since when they traded Nelson Cruz. The day they traded Nelson Cruz, he was batting 200. So he's raised his average 20 points in six weeks, which is hard to do this late in the year with that many at-bats. So I'll give him credit for that. He uh, has got a third again of his home runs since then. So he has gotten up. Was he feeling pressure from Nelson Cruz? Was he kind of, I don't want to say in his shadow, but was you know, Nelson Cruz was there to be hard on him to make him a better hitter, but was he not taking it very well? Who knows? Also, the odd stat is 29 home runs and only 70 RBIs. It's a lot of solo shots there. Twins schedule for the rest of the year. They got the Jays today. Then they go to two Wrigley, then home for four against Toronto and three in the Tigers. And then they go to Kansas City at the end of the season. Wednesday, the 22nd at Chicago. I will be there reporting live for Sports and Songs from Nice. Field. 
Nice. What cap are you wearing there, Andy? I, I'm going to wear my Cubs hat that I have on now. For the listeners, okay. I wear my either my Twins jersey or a Twins hoodie. It's supposed to be a little, a little brisk that evening in Chicago. So we'll see. Fun. We'll be in the left field bleachers. So uh, I'll tell you this right now. At my advanced age, I have never caught a ball at a ball game. I'll be damned if I throw a home run ball back. I catch a ball, it's mine. To peel it from my cold, dead hands if you want me to throw it back. (laughs) Even if it's Miguel Sano, I'll keep it. Major League Baseball announced their eligibles for the Hall of Fame coming up. Uh, for here's, here's some of them, here's 12. Um, to me, Prince Fielder eligible, no. Ryan Howard started out his career great, flattened out. Lincecum, maybe. Not a first ballot, but maybe. Joe Nathan, maybe. Um, he had a decent career. He's up there for, I think, top 10 for all-time saves. So, yeah, but not first ballot. Um, David Ortiz, I don't know. Numbers-wise, yes. I think he burned enough people in the media. He may make it first ballot, but barely. I think it's just because, my opinion, he wasn't – he was kind of a jerk. Um, You never know. And also, if uh, Mariano never got in, unanimous. Nolan Ryan did not get in, unanimous. So don't even think a New York writer is going to vote Ortiz in on the first ballot just to prevent that. Jake Peavy, yes, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but not first ballot. A-Rod, yeah, I, I, I'd put him in. You know, and everybody says, but Pete Rose, I think Pete Rose should be in. No, he cheated. Really? Gaylord Perry admitted the juice in the ball and you put him in. Just saying. A.J. Przinski, no. I... I'm starting to kind of like him as an announcer on Fox, but I just can't get over the fact that it's AJ Przinsky. Uh Jimmy Rollins, no. Uh, to share Tex, no. But so on there, maybe Prince Fielder one day, maybe. Andy, you cut out there for a minute. There you go. Yep. Uh, what was the last thing you said? What, who do you think should make it in out of this list? If not okay. first ballot, but eventually who should make it in? First ballot, I think this year, I would go with Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz. Okay. Do you think Joe Nathan will eventually get in? It, it'll be a long, I think, several years if, if – ever that he does, but certainly not the first first couple of years. Yeah, he, he's got the numbers for saves, but he's got no jewelry. That's why. Yep. Lincecum, know, that's why got Perry so long from getting in. I think Lince come down the road. Uh, Ryan Howard, mm-hmm. not a fan. Prince Fielder, possibly. Mark Teixeira. I, I don't know. Teixeira was good, but, but this is the Hall of Fame. I, yeah. I don't know if a lot of these guys are that Capable. Krasinski, no. Carl Crawford, very good. But but Hall of Fame, um, boy, I don't know. Pelabon, no. Tex, the only reason I think Teixeira might get in eventually, sadly, is because he's a Yankee. 
He played some time in New York. He's hitting that spot now and all the steroid guys are up, so he might get in around that because they got to vote for somebody, you know. We shall see. Max Scherzer joined Nolan Ryan, Justin Verlander, and Randy Johnson as the fourth pitcher in Major League history with 3,000 Ks and multiple no-hitters. That's that's a Mount Rushmore right there, pitchers. Yeah. Last Sunday, the Toronto Blue Jays scored 22 runs, outscoring all of these football teams we have listed there. <laughs> the Bills, Bears, Packers, Giants, Patriots, Dolphins, Titans, Panthers, Jets, Washington, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Jags, and the Colts. Well, fun fact, if you will. The current standings, now we'll get into that, kind of, if you think back to the standings, or the schedules. Here we go. Teams are eliminated. Baltimore was eliminated. Um, everybody else in the East, Tampa's eight-and-a-half game lead. Uh, Magic number six to be eliminated. Now, that includes wild card anyone else, so that's why it's six for everybody. Boston, New York, Toronto. I said Toronto had all those guys up there for stats, and they're nine and a half out in first. So, at seven and three in the last ten, they've gained a couple games, half game out in the wild card. The Central, the White Sox, as hard as it is to say, should have it locked up this week. Maybe they'll lock it up when I'm in Chicago next week, and I could see the city get burned down or something. It's not really a big surprise. They've been kind of leading all year. Uh, Twins in Kansas City eliminated. Detroit's at one for a magic number. So by the time most of you see this, they might even be eliminated. Cleveland at five. They should be eliminated by you know, early next week also. So Chicago will have it wrapped up this week officially. Houston uh, officially this week should have it wrapped up. Um, nine game or nine magic number, seven game lead with a game in a week. You never know. Uh, I think they could probably do it this week to wrap all that up. National League, there it is. Two-game lead over Philadelphia, five and a half over the Mets for the Braves. So could get exciting, could get interesting. The Mets have dropped a couple games this week in the standings. But we'll see. We shall see. It'll be exciting. I said Philadelphia and Atlanta playing each other a few times. The Mets are in that mix. So it should be a good, fun baseball to watch. So the the Braves have lost three in a row. Phillies won three in a row. So the, that's a nice way to gain games. East, again, Milwaukee should have it locked up by Monday or Tuesday, even though St. Louis has been hot. You're not going to make up 12 and a half games this fast. National League, the Giants and Dodgers have locked up playoff spots. Dodgers can still take the division, but they have both locked up playoff spots. Uh, San Diego, game and a half out for wild card. They've been kind of dropping lately, but they're still the Padres. Can't can't uh, count them out yet. Here is the standings. Those are your leaders up top. Then for the wild card, American League, Boston and New York got there. Toronto half game out in the wild card. Oakland two and a half. Seattle three and a half. So Seattle's still an outside shot for wild card. Got to jump a lot of people. Need a lot of help, but they're there. National League. Padres are a game and a half out, two and a half out from Philadelphia for the wild card. Cincinnati game back. Yeah, St. Louis is in there, but they're not going to catch him for division. But St. Louis has got the wild card locked up, or wild card right now. 
eight and two in their last 10 games, six game winning streak. That's how you do it, kids. Let's see that number by the Mets right now, but that's for later. Soapbox. Purdue has what they call the world's largest drum. They take it down the road with them. The band hauls it out. Big honking drum. Every other year, they always play Notre Dame. So Notre Dame knows they have said drum. They did some uh, remodeling at Notre Dame Stadium. They made the tunnel smaller for the visiting team so that drum won't fit through right now. So they had, well, could we come through the home tunnel? No. Nope, can't do that. Purdue's had this drum for like decades. They've been doing this everywhere they go. Now, did Notre Dame make theirs smaller just because of this drum so it wouldn't come through? I say no because it's Purdue. It's not like they're a big rivalry. Yeah, you play them every other year. It's a rivalry game. I get that, but it's Purdue. Did they make it smaller tunnels so they can get more seats in? Does Notre Dame need to make that much money? They got to short enough to get a couple dozen more seats. Yeah, they do. That's the way they are. But this is once every two years. Can they come through your tunnel for a drum? I don't know why they couldn't. I'm not saying they made it smaller so the drum can, couldn't get through, but they have a heartland and bring their drum for crying out loud. Soapbox part two. A double dip of the soapbox today. NHL team replaces assistant coach over his vaccine refusal. NHL assistant coach, newly signed contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets, was terminated over his decision not to get the COVID-19 shot. Coach LeFever was signed to a three-year contract with the team in June, et cetera, et cetera. You can see the notes there for those of you watching on YouTube to read the story. Got the story off NBC.com. Um, protocols were set by the club in the beginning of September, Blue Jackets vice president said. Uh, protocols were in state in part that any person whose job, role, or position or access essential to or entitles them to have personal Andy, you, you cut out again a little bit. Okay, so he can't be around the players. You don't have to totally terminate his contract. If he's that good a guy, he can't sit in an office and watch tape all day and email you or Zoom call you stuff. He can't watch tape and scout. You had to totally cut them all together. That's my soapbox issue with it. Okay, not going to get in the whole get a shot or not, but if your team says you need a shot to work there, your company says you have to have a shot to work here, that's that. Well, you're a pro sports team. You got billions to play with here. You have jobs where a guy could sit at home and watch tape all day. And he could zoom in and tell you what he thinks of a guy. He doesn't need to be face-to-face to tell you that this kid's good, this kid's bad. You could have still gave him a job of some sort. Yeah, sure, cut his pay. Of course, don't pay him like a head coach. He's just going to be a guy watching, not just watching tape. That came out wrong. Compared to the head coach and his responsibilities, you're watching tape, you're at home, they could have cut his pay and still have gave him a job. Maybe said, hey, we'll let you do this for the next three years of your contract, but after that, we're not going to be up yet. That says cutting them all together. We'll see. Music news, concerts, and stuff, because I got stuff in here too. 
Saturday, September 18th, the Palace, the Struts, will be playing there. Um, I like the Struts. Uh, sound and look-wise, a lot like Queen a little bit, that same type of sound. Not comparing them to Queen, but that same type of sound. Uh, there you have a new song out right now. Uh, they do a duet with Paris Jackson, Michael's daughter. Very good song. But as you say, I'm sorry, they're playing at the Palace there in St. Paul. They have issued, if you do not have your vaccine card, you cannot come play for your negative test. So get your test a couple days ahead of time, spit in the tube or whatever you got to do. Get your email that says, I'm clean. Or have your card that says, I'm Superman, I have a card. Or whatever. You need that to come in. Steve Vai is on tour in 2022. Uh, love Steve Vai. Great guitarist. Uh, you remember him from David Lee Roth's band, other stuff he's been with. Here it is, March 20, or March 17, 2022, St. Paul at the Fitzgerald Theater. Uh, as of right now, he's going to play in Chicago, Milwaukee, and Kansas City around that. He's also got dates in this area. He's going to be in Nebraska, Fargo, Montana. So you got till March. Save your pennies. Fitzgerald Theater, Steve Vai. I would love to go. Andy, you cut out a little bit. I wouldn't know who he was. You play one of those songs, I wouldn't know who he was. I've heard from family and friends that he's pretty good old school country music. So if you're into that, here's the guy. I still haven't listened to it yet. I might, but he's a, he's a popular person in our listening audience. So we have to mention it. Yeah, the Armory is a great place to go to. If you have never been there, that'd be reason enough to go see this show. Right. Great, so great venue. I'm thinking if I got enough family that like it and enjoy, I could always go along and, and see what it's all about. Speaking of new music and stuff, I'm not here to celebrate Drake being the new number one song on the charts or Kanye West dropping the number two. Um, I don't know who Daja Cat or Olivia are, but debuting at number three for album sales, Iron Maiden. Wow. Debuting at number three. Now, yeah, Drake debuted at number one. Congratulations, Drake. Maiden, old school music coming back. Debuting at number three. You gotta like that. You gotta appreciate that stuff. I enjoy it all. But our our, our genre of music's coming back. So there you go. Ta-da. May have to uh, add that to uh, a future album review of the week. Yes. But uh, trivia question, sir. Uh, I kind of babble. Time for people to think about it. Time to think about it. Uh, postseason's coming up. It's the question relates to the postseason in the minor leagues, in particular, the Minnesota Twins organizations. And so there's four minor league teams, two in the A, one in AA, one in AAA for Minnesota. The question was how many of these teams have qualified as of today to make the postseason? The answer is one. The Wichita sure. research qualified they're the only team that has qualified so far to play in the postseason now there's a reason i'm wearing this cap 
Cedar Rapids Colonels, high A. Cedar Rapids Colonels have two games left in the season, and they're on the bubble to make it. They should. I think their magic number is one. And Saturday and Sunday, they're playing the worst team in the league. So they should. Now, the other team, of course, is going to be playing the spoilers. So th- those games are not gimmies either. But hopefully, we'll see the Colonels. But as of right now, the Colonels have not yet qualified for the postseason. If they do, we'll have two teams in the postseason. Now, Wichita, interestingly enough, this is our first year as a Twins affiliation in Wichita. They built a brand new stadium two years ago, $75 million to build a brand new minor league stadium to attract, I repeat, to attract a AAA team. They want AAA in Wichita. They got that granted from the Miami Marlins, and the field was ready to go for 2020, but due to COVID and the pandemic, there was no season. No one played a game on this brand new, lovely stadium. So they said, we'll start in 2021 and have the grand reopening. Well, by then, Major League Baseball does their realignment of teams, and all of the minor league teams are realigned. They get now assigned Minnesota Twins double-A team. Fans aren't happy. Fans are upset. They're like, we want triple-A. We want triple-A. Double-A is not good enough. And the Twins, what's this? What's the deal? They came out and announced a new team name as the Wichita Wind Surge, which quickly prompts a online protest. Uh, they, they protested the name. They did an online petition to get it changed. So everything goes to heck in a handbasket in Wichita. They don't like the team. They don't like the Twins. They don't like the double A. They don't like the name. But all this is going on during COVID. In the meantime, the owner dies of COVID complications. Oh, I shouldn't uh, laugh at someone dying, but I'm just saying, not it, laughing at the fact he died, just it, it is almost too comical. So now they get the team, they get the twins, they're double A, the fans are loving it. They're going to the postseason. They're one of the best, best teams in double A. Very good. The fans are showing up. No one cares about the name, the wind surge anymore. And now it's the crown jewel in Wichita. So for the fans out there, remember, you got to keep things in sports. You got to throttle back on some of your opinions. Things will come around. It's not that big of a deal. This is a great stadium, great team. And now Wichita has something to be proud of in minor league baseball. They're going to the postseason. But last two years, let's call them turbulent. <laughs> Did your dad write that? Did your dad write that joke for you? No. That's got his name right now all over it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's where you get it from, man. Forget it. It's awesome. So they have these turbulent years. All these things go bad, and uh, now they love it. It's it's Wichita is thrilled in the postseason uh, with the double A team with the Twins. Very good. Now, any other sports, or should I head into the album of the week? That's what I got. Uh, if you got anything for your uh, your over fifty league or anything else you want to touch on, or you're saving that for Wednesday. This this Wednesday, I may do my midweek show on minor league baseball playoffs because they wrap up now Sunday class a and class double a wrap up this Sunday. And all that's left then is the postseason. I may do a show on that triple a baseball has added 10 extra games. Everyone's been given uh, a two, five game series to end the year in regulation uh, in the regular season. And so they're going to be pushing that, but the playoffs, I might cover that 
Over 50 baseball ends tomorrow. Saturday, there's a full slate of games today in over 50 baseball here in the state of Minnesota. 33 teams are in the state. Uh, Sunday, the season ends, the regular season ends. They will announce Monday or Tuesday the brackets for the state tournament. And so I may cover that on my Wednesday show, but um, that is this coming weekend. I think it's September 25th and 26th, and then the season ends. Uh, the over 50 league pushes out late, ends late September. So they're not interfering with all this amateur town ball and over 35 baseball to get on these fields. But that should be interesting. Um, but that's all I've got for baseball. All right. What have you got in the iPod this week? The album of the week is Slippery When Wet, the third studio album by American rock band Bon Jovi. Now, this was released August 18th, 1986. The album features many of Bon Jovi's best-known songs, including You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, and Wanted, Dead or Alive. This album has been called the album that turned heavy metal into radio-friendly pop format. It's also commonly seen as a breakthrough for hair metal bands. Yes, that's what I said, a breakthrough for hair metal. Yeah, this yeah. went mainstream, went huge, but uh, Bon Jovi was a heavy metal band before kind of easing things up to go kind of mainstream for this album. That throw that word heavy metal around with Bon Jovi too much. Yes, yes, we can't we can't do the hair metal maybe. In the yeah, genre, hair metal, yes. Wikipedia lists this album as glam metal as a genre. Mm. Hold, hold your comments now. Hold, it's, it's very interesting. Now, I was a big Bon Jovi fan myself. Uh, when Slippery When Wet came out, I, I liked it. I, I must say I enjoyed it to some extent, but uh, I, was, I was let down with the commercialization uh, and the pop, kind of a pop sound. Now, Slippery When Wet was an instant commercial success, spending eight weeks at the number one spot on the U.S. Billboard charts. It was also the best-selling album of all of 1987. Slippery One Wet is also Bon Jovi's best-selling album to date, being certified 12 times platinum. 12 times platinum. That's huge. And that's big bucks. Of course, that's what brings the money in. You want to switch over and go commercial? You want to switch over and go more pop, more mainstream? You may lose some fans, but you'll gain millions of dollars in the pocketbook. Now, 1985, they released the album 7,800 Degrees Fahrenheit, and that, that achieved moderate success. But Bon Jovi had not yet become superstars. The band changed its el- approach for the next album with a more mainstream sound, and they hired, of course, Desmond Child as a collaborator. Desmond Child. Now, much of the album was written by John Bon Jovi and Richie Sambora, but they bring in Desmond Child to collaborate on four songs. This is the first time Desmond Child worked with Bon Jovi. And they brought him to New Jersey, where they worked on these four songs in Richie Sambora's mother's basement. <laughs> Mom, we need more cookies. You need more meatloaf. Now, <laughs> what, what John Bon Jovi did was they wanted to get a producer. They got, they got Bruce Fairborn for this album. Now, Fairborn was coming off the very successful album by Black and Blue called Without Love, 1985. 
heavy metal band Black and Blue recorded Without Love by Fairborn. And that attracted John Bon Jovi to the sound quality and sought him out and says, you know, we need to use, we need to use this guy. All right. Here's a track listings. Once again, some of my favorite songs on this album, probably you as well, Andy, are some of the deeper tracks. Yeah. Song one, Let It Rock. I like that. Song two, You Give Love a Bad Name. Living on a Prayer is song three. Song four, Social Disease. Social Disease. Another deep track. Song five, Wanted, Dead or Alive. Uh, They were toying around with making that the name of the album. Name of the album, Wanted, Dead or Alive. Uh, But they went, went ahead with Slippery, One Wet. I'll get into that more later. Song six, Raise Your Hands, song seven, Without Love, song eight, I Die For You, song nine, Never Say Goodbye, song 10, Wild in the Streets. Now, the personnel, many know this, but we'll go over it anyway. John Bon Jovi, lead vocals, Richie Sambora, electric and acoustic guitar, Alec John Such, backing vocals and bass. You get David Brian keyboards, the ever popular Tico Torres drum drums. Now the song "Living on a Prayer." He's credited. Tico Torres is credited with playing the finger symbols. Yes, finger symbols. I said that correctly. Great, great little wow. fact. Now this album is ranked 44th in the Rock and Roll Album Hall of, Hall of Fame's list of the most definitive 200 albums of all time. Now, one of the songs, John Bon Jovi was very reluctant to include the song Living on a Prayer on this album. He believed it was not good enough. Sambora convinced him that it was a hit in the making. And so the band recorded it, released it at the, as the second, releasing the second version on the album. It now has turned out to be Bon Jovi's signature song. Now, the other song, uh, another song written that didn't make the album, Edge of a Broken Heart. It's not on the final release, but Bon Jovi said recently that uh, he said it should have been subsequently on the album. Very good song. Uh, He said it was, quote, absolutely appropriate for the slippery, but it's one of those coulda, shoulda, woulda. And it did make some of the later cuts on some of the other additions. Some of the deluxe... uh, uh, special edition CD that was released in 1998. It's on that. Now, the album's name was changed during the its, during its inception, including "Wanted Dead or Alive" was the name. A proposed cover with the band dressed as cowboys. Uh, that later that song was later used as a single release of the track. Now, according to Bon Jovi, the band named the album "Slippery One Wet" after visiting the number five Orange Strip Club in Vancouver. According to Richie Sambora, this woman descended from a ceiling on a pole and proceeded to take all her clothes off. When she got in a shower and soaked herself up, we just about lost our tongues. We sat there and said, we will be here every day. That energized us enough through the whole project, but we had lots of testosterone back back then. So... The cover consists of a wet black garbage bag with the word slippery when wet on it. The original album 
cover was supposed to be this right here, slippery one wet. If you can see that the original, yeah. the album originally was to feature a busty woman in a wet yellow t-shirt with the album name on the front of the shirt. This was swapped for the plastic bag cover just prior to its release because the reasons given for the switch were record executives feared the dominant record store change at the time would refuse to carry the album with a sexist cover. And also John yep. Bon Jovi himself had a big dislike for the bright pink border on the album. John says, yeah, I kind of looks like a KTEL special album or something. Uh, you know? He says, I don't know. I don't mind the photo, but that bright pink cover is a little too much. Yep. So they uh, presented it. The record label freaked out a little bit when they saw it. They thought it would be banned by American stores. So they had to come up with something else and fast. Was this the same time the Poison one came out where they banned Poison that cover? came out later, but it was on the same, same, type, yeah. of, same type of deal. Now, the a couple things on that. You the mentioned the man. producer that come in, work with them from, he just got done working with Black and Blue. Yes. If you recall, who was the guitarist for Black and Blue? Tommy Thayer? That, that a boy. You listen to when I talk. I like that. Yeah, Tommy Thayer went on to be Kiss, uh, Kiss guitarist yes. to this day, he still is. Yes. He was the original guitarist with Black, and, with Black and Blue. Yep. Yeah, and I like Bon Jovi. It's glam, metal, whatever. They were a good rock and roll band. They had the hair, the hairspray, the whole nine yards. The thing that's really weird about Bon Jovi is like, I like their albums because it's got some ballads, which are good ballads, unfortunately. Yeah. They may put two or three on an album instead of one, but they're all good. They're all good songs. You talk about how they were in the, the ladies' club there, the gentlemen's club, having a nice Diet Coke and talking. <laughs> you don't picture them doing that, though, when you look at the videos and the pictures. You know, they discovered Cinderella. Yes. And Cinderella was not, yeah, looks wise with album cover to sell. They had that glam rock, but you listen to them. That's why that tour of Cinderella and Bon Jovi didn't work. I like both of them, but I'm not going to listen to them at the same concert. That's two different ends of the spectrum for me. For me. I like Bon Jovi. Um, the bass player, you mentioned him on there. I know right before they went to the Hall of Fame, they have cut ties with him, and they don't mention his name on stuff hardly at all. I don't know what happened there. Wow. I'm working on that for a page two episode coming up, but – he was cut out. Um, the thing at Richie Sambora up and dropped, quit and doing music out of nowhere, spent time with his family, his daughter and that. So God bless him for that. He figured $18 million, how much more can I make? You know, I mean, so he's done that. He's still doing music. I see him with other guitarists on Facebook that I share on our page. He's still playing. He's didn't just get shave his head and get fat. Like most guys and they quit playing music, you know, Vince Neil. No plan. Like, yeah. Uh, Job Bon Jovi, he did the country album. He still does stuff every now and then. David Bryant, great, great keyboardist. I like him. Keyboardist. That's where I have a problem saying heavy metal. Yeah. Not saying keyboard's bad, but just that sound for heavy metal doesn't have a keyboard in it. Glam rock, hair bands, yes. Not that. Kind of gets my fur in the back of my neck. I'll often when I do hear. Now the last 
last bit of uh, a note here for the true Bon Jovi fans. That song, Edge of a Broken Heart, that didn't make the album, was released on the soundtrack to the movie in 1987 called Disorderlies. Yep. That's where it got some traction. That Bon Jovi album uh, was released on that soundtrack. 1987 movie Disorderlies. You can hear the Edge of a Broken Heart. And then they released it on subsequent uh, bonus deluxe CD. And not, not to be confused with the Vixen song, Edge of a Broken Heart. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Two different songs. Um, that's all I've got for sports. That's all I've got for music. All yeah. of We've got some, uh, a lot of baseball here wrapping up. Uh, minor yeah. leagues be interesting here. Yes, and I will the, be out of town. Go ahead. You'll be out of town. Uh, the AAA baseball season really ends up roughly the same time as, as the Major League Baseball. We're used to seeing Major right. League Baseball go on, and then the uh, Major League Baseball does the September call-ups because uh, no one's playing anymore. But the right. season started late for AAA. They added these other uh, 10, 10 more games. They started a month late. And so they're going to end up roughly the same time. Each team did have the ability to call up two players, but it didn't. Uh, you're not seeing big full dugouts like you've seen in past years right. of these extra guys. Well, the reason before, too, is they were changing pitchers after one batter all the time, so they would call up extra bodies for that. But now that a pitcher's got to go so long. Eliminates that yep. need. Yep. All right, we'll keep you posted on all this, uh, all these items. We'll get this uh, out. Please feel free to share, like, and comment. Uh, also, requests we're always looking for, whether it's music, bands, concerts, or teams. Watch the social media sites, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook this week for my exploits in Chicago, pictures from Wrigley Field, and any other keep it, uh, House of Blues or anything like that down there. Keep it, fa- it's a member, it's a family-oriented show. The family-oriented, so it'd be pictures from the outside of the buildings. Nice, exactly, exactly. All right, that's all I've got for this week. See you later. Have a good week.